Greetings, children. This is Never Gonna Do That, where creativity is the art form and the mind is the final frontier. Each week, we knock our brain boxes together over a story or a theme that gets our juices flowing and then we drain it dry for our dear listeners. I'm Sarah, and today I've got my sassy sidekick, Garrett, here to keep me on my toes with a lonely little tale from the archives that involves a chimp's journey of self-discovery that leads to a legacy unlike any other. But first, here's a heads up on some housekeeping items. As always, we want folks to feel at home here, so I'd like to provide a few content and trigger warnings before we get jiggy with it. This episode contains explicit language and is meant for mature audiences. Topics discussed include issues of identity and childhood trauma. And y'all know the drill. Unless specified, all ideas here are our own. If you're interested in developing anything we share on the show, shoot us an email at nevergonnadothatpodcast at gmail.com. In other words, don't steal our stories or our thunder. You get it. Just don't be a jerk. And now, without further ado, let's get wet and wild and maybe even a touch weird with Garrett. All right, this is me. Well, um, let's talk about, this is uh, between you and I, this is sort of an old idea, but it's something that we keep coming back to, and that is the story of Lucy. And you and I are very familiar with this, but anybody listening who is not familiar... Uh, basically the premise is about a chimpanzee named Lucy. Of course that can be changed. Uh, but it's a chimpanzee who is raised by humans to believe that she is human. She's taught sign language, becomes fluent. She wears clothes and she is brought up by a couple as their child. And she feels as though she is their child and this it's it's based on a historical thing there actually was a chimpanzee named lucy i want to say it was like in the 30s Mm. maybe it was the 20s and yeah they they raised this chimpanzee from infancy she never met any other chimpanzees Mm. she wore dresses and as she got older they found that she had a um an enjoyment of gin Oh, wow. She liked it. She did. Who doesn't? Yeah, I'm not a big gin fan. (laughs) She she likes to drink gin. She also would uh, steal dirty magazines with uh, with naked men in them. I was going to ask what her preference was. Yeah, no, she was, she, um, human men. Mm. And also and i only bring it up because it is a interesting little character trait she would use a vacuum cleaner to pleasure herself oh wow yeah she was i mean you know it's uh, as chimpanzees go she was uh coming out of her adolescence uh during this whole period but you know they had her since she was a baby taught her sign language and everything and the thing that really ended up drawing me to the idea is What if you were in her position where, as far as you knew, you were a human? You'd been raised by humans. You'd always been treated as a human. And then one day, you know, you you always feel a little bit weird and you have like, you know, uncontrollable urges to do different things. 
But one day you're told, no, no, you're a chimpanzee Mm. and you're not actually our child and we're going to have to send you away. You're going to have to go live with these other creatures that you don't know. They don't speak your language. You don't know their culture and we're just going to dump you. Ah. The sense of abandonment. Oh my God, it's it's really a An sad identity. story. Yeah. Uh, in the in the true story, and uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing, and I don't remember everything quite right, but I do believe she was sent to a preserve, and people went back and they visited her, and then they found out not long after that she actually had been killed by poachers. Oh God. And they think one of the reasons why is because she was she was just so friendly. Because people weren't uh, weren't an enemy. Oh my god, that is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And why did they release her? It was just it, well, chimpanzees as they get older. I mean, they are they're aggressive. They're, yeah, they're not quite as as tall as human beings, but they're strong. They rip your face off. They've ripped faces off, and yeah, I, I know mean, a they, few specifically. They, you know, I, I think not only because of you know some of the confusion and stuff but i think just chimpanzees in general they can get aggressive in certain situations right right and yeah they just the family couldn't handle her anymore and they and they were kind of forced to oh yeah i mean she was getting into the gin she was (laughs) no it, it was it's definitely more than that so i mean i it's a fascinating story sad story a lot of layers to that how would you see doing is this kind of like a biopic for a chimp or like explain more how you see this i'll tell you this i hate biopics so no i mean it is inspired by a true story but no it is not the story of lucy's life Mm. the thing that is the most interesting to me is from her perspective from the family's perspective yeah it's interesting it's a cute story but If you look at it from the family's perspective, it could possibly come off like Lucy is a pet. Sure. Which I don't think she ever intended to be, and I don't think necessarily the family intended her to be, but some people have pets. Right. Some people see pets differently than, you know, like a child, even though people treat their pets very well. Sure. And no, we're we're talking about somebody who definitely has an intelligence. And And has a concept of themselves. It has a concept and of their themselves. relationship to others. Mm-hmm. And so the the way I always had pictured it would be that either the story could somehow be told where you never actually see Lucy, mm-hmm. you know, like you you hear the story or, you know, it's it's about this child, but you never you don't know until the end that they're talking about a chimpanzee or it's from that childlike perspective and And the entire time you see Lucy and you see the entire story from her understanding. So maybe up until the final scene, it's a little girl. Mm. And, you know, the whole time it's adults and maybe even other chimpanzees saying, you're a chimpanzee. And she's like, no, I'm a little girl. Right. And this is really messed up. 
I just, I think that idea of identity and what it feels like to be isolated or disconnected or, or wanting so much to fit in or thinking that you fit in. And I, yeah, I do like the idea of it being from Lucy's perspective and maybe you not knowing it. And I wonder, you know, we didn't talk about format, but I could see it as a book written from first perspective or a book where it's just, it's not ever indicated. And if we're talking about growing up in a home and yeah there's sign language and there's this and that well, you could easily maybe scooch around some of those oh yeah those because, issues you know, and she she talks to everybody and so that's you know she talks you never have to say the age and so just like oh okay and you don't have to say it's sign language you can just say she talks because for her that's talking sure but then everyone else they speak in another language that she doesn't understand it's just you know you could just call it grown-up talk and she can't she can't track a grown-up talk because she's just a little girl and maybe she picks up a word here or there because i'm sure she would understand a few words while not being able to say them herself this idea of wanting to mimic what grown-ups are doing because kids certainly do that yeah like playing grown-up playing dress up Mm -hmm. you could play with ideas of wanting to be like mom and dad or she was she was trying on mom's shoes yes 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 and like you know the whole thing becomes that she was trying on mom's shoes and she destroyed them like a kid could do well the thing is she destroyed them because her feet were just too big right but you know you could bring it across in just sort of a way where it it adds to the mystery Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of what is going on with this little girl she is not what she seems then mom or whatever the name is for the the parent figure comes into the room and starts angry and shouting you know it's it's just it's like what did the kid do that's mm-hmm. so bad and i mean obviously i think the reader would get a sense that something is not being revealed yet then they probably would be wanting to piece it together which i love that that's always delicious in a read where you're like, oh yeah because you're gonna something... have to put in there that you know it's like everyone looks different than me you know, it could be extrapolated and thought about in like a broader sense too. Just the ideas and the feelings God, I of think it. It's so broad because you could do it as a identity thing. Yeah. And you know, bringing in feeling you know, not quite right or why am I different? Why am I not like other people? You know, gen- gender identity, sexual identity, or sometimes there's people who just haven't found their place in society yet. Like they haven't found their group, the people that they feel most comfortable with. You know, I'm talking right. about you know, like sci-fi. I, people end up like I, I played Dungeons and Dragons and it's the first time I felt like I was at home stuff like that right right and so you know it definitely could go down the identity route mm-hmm. and then there is also the idea of what is reality and your perception yeah especially just going back to this idea of you're in that character's eyes and so you're only able to see the world within that and if we progress the story further than just the relationships with the family in that house and we go to you know you I I know you mentioned you said oh you're a chimp or you're Mm -hmm. you know this and that I don't think that even needs to be said it could just be even broader than that because people talk I mean I talk to my my dog certainly like a human kid you know like full conversations mm-hmm. so there'd be no reason why like you could really skirt the skirt the issue there all the way to the end oh yeah for sure 
if you're going to have chimp interactions, maybe like a visit to the zoo or something where there's like an introduction, you could easily be like, why is this? What What is this thing? Why is this thing coming towards me? And why is mom and dad like you could easily make it where it's like, you know, you take your kid to the zoo and they're like not having a good time. Like oh, it's a it, scary animal or because something. Because she's or wondering why all those ugly kids are in a cage. Yeah. You know, like the, the lions and the tigers are so great. The bears, oh my. And then there was this one spot where there were just these really ugly kids climbing all over a tree. Yeah, because then I think the thing I'd like to hear more about from you is the rejection piece. We can see the confusion and the identity and, you know, I belong. But then what happens when they actually take or, you know, when it gets to the point where they're going to leave her? Oh, man. it's Well, there's so much to explore there because it is that, you know, in a movie the part where somebody has like a sudden realization and then there's the the reverse noise of like a jet engine that it's, oh uh, you know everything falls apart and comes into focus at the same time mm-hmm. and and i like again there's so many ways to cut it because it all depends on what sort of theme you're going for right. she could finally realize that you know oh i felt different all the time because i'm a chimpanzee and i can be uncomfortable and try to figure out what it is to be a chimpanzee sure or it could be sort of that reality route where she just fights it the whole time and you know the, all these forced to live with all these ugly kids well and do we follow it through what is the last shot or what is the last moments of the story is it the being left and seeing them leave and the moments alone not knowing what to do would you go as far as you, know, you talk about the poaching or whatever would you want her to accept herself or I mean god oh how heartbreaking is this like going to the poachers seeing that they have guns knowing what they've done before mm. and she's being friendly but at the same time please by any means take me from this nightmare well right she's looking she's looking to get shot maybe and i think you know you say oh is she finding herself or is she accepting i think that's the one story that we all want but if we if there's something where you're trying to make some sort of statement about human people and their interference and their impact Mm -hmm. and i don't know i think maybe that's the more interesting option although well that's also (laughs) i mean there's uh, it's almost easier to watch because i i gotta be honest i actually now now that it's out there and i've said it the idea of her being just so unhappy with the way the world turned out to be that she's like, yeah, you know, these people, they'll either take me away or they'll just, they'll make the pain go away. Right. How heartbreaking is that to see and hear that coming from, I guess, you know, at that point, it would be maybe somebody in their late 20s or, you know, uh, late teens. Sure. You know, it's it's extremely heartbreaking, very sad, and it would show how everything failed her. Uh, it's the more interesting way to go about the story. It's also the one that's going to be harder to experience. It's going to be harder to be a part of because that's just horrible. Well, I think it's the idea that some things don't get better. And if you're not given the tools to survive and from what I'm hearing, it's not like she ever does connect with who she is or others of her kind, if we want to say that. And so she's not equipped 
to live in that other environment and yet she's forced into it and so it's not even a question of whether she wants to maybe it's just a question of what happens when you've been kept your entire Mm -hmm. life and can that be overcome okay here let's change gears on the ending a little bit this is getting a little depressing (laughs) what if what if she finds a middle ground she accepts that she is a chimpanzee but she also accepts that her background is based in the human world and she takes her knowledge and she passes it on to the other chimpanzees and she ends up taking over the world well being the the mother to an a whole new culture oh you know they um I'm not going to say they necessarily end up evolving into uh, the bears from Paddington Bear, but (laughs) they at least, you know, start communicating more specifically outside of grunts and poking. I mean, you know, chimpanzees are pretty smart. They use tools already. They're capable of learning sign language. It's just maybe they didn't have the creativity to make sign language but if one chimp teaches another and then they continue to teach because they find that easier and a better way to communicate Mm -hmm. you know you come back in like 20 years and some chimp just kind of walks up to you and you know signs good afternoon dear sir what i'm hearing though this is this is a completely different starting point in the story it's not necessarily the same story the one story i think follows to conclusion i think this story is actually again i'm not sure what platform it would be in or how it would be written but this idea of it starts with her in the wild and struggling or encounter you know some something like it would be like a different and that feels like a comic book or like some sort of the chimp dynasty Like, so like that—that's a whole different story. Or like, I a, feel like. <laughs> what if it? I mean, this maybe may not be the best example, and uh, but like a, a reverse Tarzan, where you know Tarzan was discovered having been raised by apes and then brought to London and I'm pretty sure there's like a whole heck of a lot of racist undertones in there but what if you know the the reverse of that where it was a, a chimpanzee raised by humans then was brought to the jungle and instead of that uh, that jungle mentality in well, you know what it is. I think I, I don't know how necessarily that would be expressed, but I think what would be an interesting idea, if you can riff with me for a second, is this idea of she's been an outsider in in this one world, and then she's all of a sudden in this other world. And if you think about it, like primates and well, many animals, they have their groups already set. And then it's like, how do you how does an outsider come into a group? So even yeah. if she wanted to, she doesn't have the tools or language to make those connections to enter into a group so she's an outsider there as well she would have to definitely prove herself or or you know find a find a family willing to take her in right well and so i think that's again i think the one maybe is a is a novel like is this feels a little bit more like there really isn't a human presence then does that become more easily done and just the visual element i like the comic maybe approach or well, i'm not it's sure a mini series. animation it's a mini series oh so it's like i don't know like five episodes and then you can go back and forth you can go about you know what, what's going on in the jungle mm-hmm. and and then maybe even sort of <laughs> memento like mm-hmm. where the beginning of the movie is the beginning and the end of the story and then as the whole thing goes through it sort of it works its way forwards and backwards until you get to the middle 
Well, and so what format would that be? The, the anim- uh, like a, I think animated probably would be one of the easiest ways. Yeah, definitely. You take like two different animation styles mm-hmm. and the two stories can be very similar. And so, and I mean, parallel you're like, elements. Yeah. So it's like it's it's five episodes and I think it's 10 10 part miniseries. I guess it depends on how deep you want to go, but I was kind of thinking that like maybe the first 3 episodes are although they're connected like thematically, but you you don't know why. Mm-hmm. And then the last like the fourth episode then you go Oh, oh my God, this is the same character. Right, right. And then the fifth episode is the bridging episode where, you know, our main character, Lucy, goes from one world to the other. I like this idea of the different animation styles and by kind of the cutting together of these two stories, it makes it something like more epic or larger than than just the one or the other can we throw down the word juxtaposition oh we could all right there we go it's the juxtaposition of the two stories there you go translate for me baby um like somebody is an overarching like narrator is telling the story of what has happened both in the community of chimps that she has brought these things to and then mm-hmm. the telling of the history of this person that what she experienced be, and if, like an oral story to but... yeah yeah i mean like i can I definitely the way you're starting to put it it's the the story is being told there's a there's a narrator it's it's the oral history from around the campfire yeah and then i think it would be really cool at the end to find out that this story is being told from the point of view of like Lucy's ancestors. Right. That's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking. And mm-hmm. it's like, but it, but it tells that story of not only her bringing, but also the history of what she experienced to, to bring it. Cause it's like telling the story of the, the creator, not just oh, what yeah. they impact in the mm-hmm. community as well. And it would be really cool if you were able to use, like, I mean, those, those still images could be sort of interpreted as although the story is being told this one way it is being visualized by its intended audience this way so like a description could be something where they're talking about you know a big machine with you know, big loud machine with wheels that Mm -hmm. move people around sure now you immediately what comes to mind car it's a car but you know if you've never seen a car right right right. it's just you know the those animated or you know the still type images would look extremely different right so the story could be told and interpreted one way but then the images are how it's being interpreted by the people who are quote-unquote listening at the time right right now i gotta ask you so just to clarify, so Lucy, she sees herself as being human. She's never seen any of her other of, of her kind. Is she able to tell the difference between the way she looks and and humans? Because is she, is she looking in a mirror ever? I don't know because that has that has come up where it's like obviously a chimpanzee looks different than a human. So it's like is she seeing a mirror? She'd have to encounter a mirror in some way, but. But maybe not. You know, no, I mean, even if, even if she does, 
people look in a mirror all the time and see something that isn't actually there. True. And I guess I can say from the perspective of somebody who maybe, maybe her actual image, although that is what she looks like and she can touch her face and know that's what she looks like. Maybe it's just one of those things where it's so outside of her kind of understanding. Mm -hmm. Because she's never seen anything like a chimpanzee before. Sure. So when you look in the mirror and you've never seen anything like you, you see something different. Yeah. I I, I wonder. Of course, that could, oh man, visually, it could be so cool for like a mirror scene where that. That moment. Yeah. that, That mental filter slowly wipes away oh yeah that's that's heartbreaking well and i yeah that's i guess what i'm asking like at what point or does she ever but if she's released back she brings that idea to the chimps that she's you know teaching or whatever like that she's that she's not you know that they are are not what they are that there's something more so yeah she never she never teaches them the word for chimpanzee she only teaches them the word for ugly children (laughs) yeah so they go it's just it's like it broadens understanding because she doesn't think of herself that way so she goes uh, you know years later they go out into the world and they start signing to human beings like you're a human being i'm an ugly child god and that's the tv show with the you know that's that's the that's the sitcom version the sitcom version yeah. absolutely like what is that was the dinosaurs <laughs> absolutely well we're not gonna do that no, no we're not gonna we're not gonna work with a chimpanzee anytime soon i don't think either unfortunately no we're not gonna do bananas in the city <laughs> no so yeah we're not gonna we're never gonna do that <laughs> never gonna do that but it was a it was a lot of fun talking. It was about a lot it. of fun talking about it. It's great. We're gonna we'll we'll keep it in mind and just never actually follow through. <laughs> is reality not what I think it is? Or am I not who I think I am? Am I just a computer simulation that communicates through Twitter at not do that podcast? If you're not sure about your place in reality, or who you are, email us at nevergonnadothatpodcast at gmail.com. And if none of this is real, you might as well subscribe to the podcast to see what else is wrong in the universe. Glop Glorp! <laughs>